We're continuing in our 40 days of prayer, and like I was saying to the kids, uh, this morning's topic is prayer as kingdom partnership. Like I also said to the kids, partnership is not something that comes to our mind. When you, you know, I've, I've heard times and we've done like prayer times or worship times where we just say, hey, you know, shout out, you know, a, a relationship that you have with God or just, you know, celebrate uh, a word that comes to your mind when you think of God. I don't know that I've ever heard the word partner come out in any of those. And yet the Bible talks about this often and frequently. If you're reading through the Bible with us this year, uh, which we talked about that a little bit earlier, if you're not, I'd strongly encourage you to do so. Read through the Bible with us. Um, and we're going through that U version, that Bible project. It's, uh, this year's is all about kind of tracing how in the Old Testament everything leads to Jesus. Um, well, if you are going through that study with us and if you're you know up to date with your reading, then on Thursday you would have seen a video, which I'm gonna show here in just a few seconds. Um, it's a little bit long for what I w- would normally share here, but it's so good at explaining the history of partnership throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, and then how Jesus fulfills that. Um, I think it's, it was such a powerful video, and as, as I'm, I already had this message going, and I'm like, I watched that video, I'm like, my goodness, like, this is exactly what I'm talking about on Sunday, so I have to show it now. Um, because I know God works that way. He brings things around just at the right times as he's working through things with us. And so um, if you don't know Bible Project, you need to. Uh, Google them, watch their videos. They have some of the best informational, instructional, with you know minimal illustration that helps to kind of drive home the point. They just do phenomenal videos. I love doing their Bible in a Year programs, but uh, you can just straight out watch the videos on their website too. Um, but we're gonna watch that video. If, you're, I, I, if it doesn't stream at home, then uh, you're gonna have to Google it. Um, it's just Bible Project Covenant video is what we're gonna watch. Um, and then I'll be back up here in just a second. So let's watch that video.
Right. Pretty cool videos. If you've never watched Bible Project, good stuff. Uh, I know that's, <clears throat> like I said, it's a longer video than I would normally show, but it really, we're going to come back to a couple of the themes in that video a couple times this morning. Because I think he hits on a couple of really important parts of partnering with God and the fact that we never get it right. He, he frequently extends his hand to partner with us, offering all of who he is, all of these promises, this wonderful life. I don't know about you, but when you read the Old Testament, I get really frustrated. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Like all they had to do was honor him and they could have lived these awesome lives and I realized if I was in charge, it would have been worse. I mean, if that's the reality, if we're honest with ourselves, we realize that. But one of the ways that we can pray, because that's what today's topic is, prayer as kingdom partnership. One of the ways that we can pray as kingdom partnership is the next line in Jesus' model of prayer. Through the 40 days of prayer this year, uh, we're going to be going through Jesus' model of prayer when the disciples ask Jesus, hey, can you teach us how to pray? He says, yeah, well, when you pray, pray like this. And the second part of that is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Again, um, we're trying this thing out this year. Uh, I'm going to be, every year I think we're going to switch the version of the Bible that we teach from just to give you some exposure to different versions of the Bible. This is one of my favorites, the HCSB, which is the Holman Christian Standard Bible. So if you want to follow along in your own copy of God's Word, you can do that. Just pull up the HCSB. But it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We partner with God through prayer to bring God's will to this earth. Or at least that's what Jesus' model of prayer encourages us to do. I actually find this to be uh, not what most Christians do. Many Christians uh, do the opposite of what Jesus encourages us to do. More often than not, we attempt to partner with God in ways which don't bring God's will to this earth. It seeks to bring our will to heaven and tell God what to do. See, often we don't want to bring his will down to this earth. We just want his power. If we're being honest this morning, we want the things of God without giving up any control. We say, well, I've got this really good idea. I've got this really good plan, God. If you can just empower that, if you can just give me your strength and your power and your will uh, and the fortitude that you have. See, we want power. We want strength. We want knowledge. We want his comfort. We want his blessings as long as his will doesn't infringe on our will. That's what we want because we all have got plans, we've got dreams, we've got ideas of what success would be for us and what it would look like uh, if, if we got our way. And so often what we pray is, God, empower that. So this morning as we look at prayer as kingdom partnership, first we're going to look at what kingdom partnership isn't and then we'll talk a little bit about what it is. So it's very common, and if you have been around Christians long enough, you've probably heard some of these things, but 
It's very uh, common to hear Christians asking God to bless what they want to do, to bless their plans, their agendas, their strategies. It's honestly, it's hard not to do that at times because we get caught up in our own strategies. I'm a strategy person. I love to develop strategies. Uh, And it's easy to get caught up in like, I, I have a good picture of what I want to see happen and then asking God to bless that. And the prayers seem really good, but they definitely aren't kingdom partnership. When we determine what we want to do and ask God to bless that, we are trying to be the majority shareholder in that relationship. See, if I I don't know a whole lot about businesses and the way that stocks and all that stuff works, but uh, what I do understand is that the majority shareholder basically gets to call the shots. They own the majority of it, and so because they own even if it's 51%, then they get to make the decisions because if they have comes to a vote, they have the majority decision in that. Often, we look at maybe, maybe we can see our lives as partnership with God, and so we look at this partnership, and for whatever reason, we think we're the majority stakeholder. We can say, okay, you bring your resources, God. You bring your power. You bring what you have to offer. I'll make all the decisions, and we'll just utilize your resources while we do that. But we should know what happens when we're in control. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. We know that. We should know that. It's why, as you watch in that video, we always broke covenant with God. Because he told us, he gave us this awesome vision of what would happen if we followed him, if we were humbled ourselves, if we lived according to his ways. He painted these beautiful pictures of what it would look like and these awesome promises. And it sounds so good, but very, very shortly after that, we continually break covenant with him because we think we know better. Because we, we think we see a better way, a clearer way, a more efficient way. We just think we know more. Now, we wouldn't say that because, you know, we know not to say that. But by the way we live our lives, by the way we make our decisions, we make it clear we think we know better. It sounds almost righteous to invite God to be a part of what we're doing. Yeah, we're, we're inviting you in, God, to be a part of this uh, probably I've even prayed that prayer on a Sunday morning. God, we're inviting you to be a part of what's happening here today. But honestly, who do we think we are? If we're in partnership with God, he is undoubtedly the majority shareholder and has the power, the wisdom, the foreknowledge that we couldn't hope to have. It is foolishness to think that God's idea of partnership is following us around and blessing all of our agendas and ideas. But if we're honest this morning, if we can just have a moment of honesty with ourselves, many times that's what we want. We want a source of power that we can plug our ideas, our agendas, and our strategies into to make them more robust 
and be able to use God's name uh, with and that they can go a little further and we can get more from it because he's God. So he's got all this power, he's got all this strength, he, you know, all these things. But it doesn't work. Earlier in Proverbs, it tells us, Proverbs chapter three, verse five to eight, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. It is healing for our bodies to trust God and follow his guidance. We are invited into what he is doing, not the other way around. I just want to pause and repeat that so we get that around our prideful heads this morning. We are invited into what he is doing, not the other way around. And it's when we get ourselves in the trouble is when we think we have the audacity to invite him to what we're gonna do and say, okay, now bless that. When I say, all right, Lord, this is what I wanna accomplish in 2023, will you bless that? Now, that sounds holy. Will you, will you be a part of what I'm doing, God, this year? I've got these great plans for Dubois Alliance Church. I've got these great plans for my family and for myself personally and all these uh, things I've mapped out that I want to accomplish this year. Lord, will you be in it? Will you be present? Will you bless this? Sounds great. Not even remotely biblical. Because that's all what I want to accomplish. It's what all what I want. Sat with the elders this morning. We usually like, we like to meet and pray before church and we were just talking about like, hey, what has God spoken over your year? What word has God, has he spoken anything prophetically for yourself or for the church this year? And we, we dialogued about that because that man is way more important to ask God, what are you doing? Let us get our, open our eyes to look to that instead of just saying, well, this is what I want to accomplish. And if you can just bless that, that'd be great. If you remember a few weeks ago in our John series, we talked uh, about aligning our wills to that of God and how when we do that, it, you can seem we can get a little prideful and be like, well, what, what, what's up with that, God? Like, you only bless me when my will aligns to your will? Like, you only give me what I want when my will aligns with your will? That seems a little selfish to me. But what we talked about is the blessing in all of that is when our will aligns to his will. It's not the things we ask for in the first place. That, that stuff is irrelevant when our will matches his will. That in itself is the blessing. Because then his priorities become ours. And I promise you, whatever God's priorities are, they're better than ours. They're more important than ours. They're more significant than ours. Looking in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15, it says, After this, Jesus found him in the temple complex and said to him, See, you are well. Do not sin anymore so that... I am not in the wrong... I'm in John not 1 John. Sorry. Um, 
messed that up when I did it. First John chapter 5, verse 14, 15 says, Now, this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him for. Now, this is the beautiful thing. When our will aligns to his, we begin to want the things that he wants. And again, I promise you, that is a blessing in and of itself. When you begin to want what God wants, man, that's a good place to be because you stop wanting the things that you wanted before you really knew him. You stop wanting the things that are so temporary, that are fleeting. I don't know about you, but if you've walked with Jesus long enough, you know that some of the best answers you've ever gotten from God were no. Man, she's walked long enough with Jesus. She knows. But how about the rest of you? Any of the rest of us have stories where we prayed for something, God said no, and now we look back and we say, thank God you said no. People you might have dated back in, back in the day, anybody got those stories, jobs you wanted, other things you wanted, you prayed for and you asked God for, and still to this day, because let's be honest, sometimes we can be children before God, and not like in the good way, but in like the throw a tantrum kind of way. Still, when he says no, we get upset. Instead of realizing like, oh man, Lord, you might be saving me for myself. Let me realign my will because if you said no, there is a good reason because I can tell you some of the best answers I've ever gotten were no. And I thank him for it all the time that he didn't bend his will to mine because I know I'd be in a much worse place than I am today. This is all about us becoming his partners. In each of those covenants, God always comes from a position of power and of strength and of omniscience. He knows everything. He's all powerful. He's everywhere. And yet, he lowers himself. Even before he came as a human, uh, let's be honest, for him to make a covenant with his creation, that's a lowering of himself to say, hey, listen, I want to bless you. It's, I want to bless you. Just live this way. Go into the land and take it. Uh, Noah and David and Israel and like all of these guys he made covenants with. Just follow me. Be my partners. But when we pray and ask God to bless our agenda and our plan, we're asking him to be our partner. It's almost like we're coming from a place of power and saying, all right, God, do you want to be part of the Bruce show? Well, you can partner with this if you want. You get in while, it's, while the getting's good. He's like, I don't think so. That's going to be a train wreck. I've watched it. I know what's going to happen. Maybe you want to partner with me since I know everything and I've got all the power and I kind of wrote the Bible that you base your life off of. See, when we are constantly asking him to bless our plans, our agendas, this is what leads to churches with the nicest facilities and rusty baptismals. Multi-staff churches with no discipleship framework, with no idea of what it looks like to advance the kingdom of God. Powerless places of worship. 
That's what happens because we say, all right, Lord, let's look at what we got. We got the most beautiful everything because God is good to us. We've not led a single person to Jesus in decades, but that's okay. Somebody else will. And it's not okay. God put us on this earth. The reason we're still alive as believers is to advance his kingdom. We all have that mission. We all have that great commission. That's one thing he's already doing that we can partner with. But we can even go more specific than that and ask God, how how specifically can I partner with you in that? It's no different than what we saw in the video as humans always put their agendas ahead of God's. What I believe Jesus' model of prayer is encouraging us to do, however, is to partner with the things that God is doing and not just in that general global sense of like, yeah, God's advancing his kingdom. Yes, he is. But he's also doing it in very specific ways in your life and most of us are missing it. It's all around us and we're missing it. This will require us to open our eyes and see where God is already working. Some of us, uh, this past year, we went through this missionary pathway study. Uh, There's actually going to be, if you have the church app, if you don't have the church app, scan it, download it, because at like noon today, I think I said it for noon, uh, a link's going to be sent out over the app that's going to invite you to join uh, and do the missionary pathway study. Um, It's a phenomenal study. I'm sorry. I'm struggling up here. Uh, it's a phenomenal thing. It's not one of our thing. It's, it's from a group called the Casey Underground. Um, they're, a, they, they're a church, but they don't have a building. They don't have like a actual, an actual place to meet. Um, they're a group of house churches doing church like they did it when uh, they kind of first started. Um, but they have phenomenal structures and they have this phenomenal training called the Missionary Pathway Study that some of us went into and did. Um, and it talks about how uh, it encourages us, each person, to be engaged in God's kingdom and to be kingdom partners uh essentially um and so that message that link will be sent out um you create like a free account with them and you can go through their missionary path they have other curriculums you can go through if you want but i would strongly encourage you do the missionary pathway study if you it'll take some time it's like a week by week i think it's a seven week study um don't be intimidated by the first day or the first week i promise you there's like the first thing you do is like read this pdf that's like 400 pages it's not 400 pages long um but it's long the first one there's never any reading like that again so don't get discouraged by that first one um but it it really helps you understand the philosophy of being in a personal missionary and what that looks like so often we we bring people up and we stand in front of the church because they're in this country or that country or another country we say these are missionaries there isn't it awesome that they're missionaries yes it is but so are you They're just a missionary in another culture. They've been called to a different culture than us. You've been called to this culture. You've been called to Western Pennsylvania. You've been called to wherever you work. You've been called to wherever you live. And this study will will change the way that you view being a missionary. And it will transform your life in kingdom partnership. But before you do the study, let me explain what I've learned about kingdom partnership as I spent some time uh, over the last like a year and a half with people like the Casey Underground and others. Um, the first thing, what, what, the thing that probably sold me into listening in the first place is they all talk about everything starts 
with extraordinary prayer and fasting. And when you say that, you got my attention. It's like, okay, we're starting in the right place. Now where are we going? And, that's, and not just extraordinary prayer. Extraordinary prayer and fasting. And that's a discipline that most Christians know nothing about. But it, look at the, read your New Testament. Read the book of Acts. When they made a decision, what'd they do? They prayed and they fasted. When we make a decision, what do we do? Talk to this person, talk to the pastor. We make a decision we're gonna make anyhow. How many of us have the regular discipline of prayer and fasting? I strongly encourage you through these 40 days of prayer, whatever it looks like, engage in the discipline of fasting. And that's gonna look different for each of us. I told you a week or two ago, it's not about, well, what, what can I do or what should I do? I can coach you and give you a little bit of advice if you want on that discipline, but it's different for every person, generally speaking. But do it, engage in that. Extraordinary prayer and fasting. That's what the church needs. Doesn't need better strategies, doesn't need better sound equipment, even though it does. it is nice to have nicer sound equipment now. We don't need the best of everything, the best facilities, the best ministries, the best outreach programs, what we need is extraordinary prayer and fasting. And if we get that, man. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I hope somebody in this church does extraordinary prayer and fasting. No, God's calling you to it. What would it look like for you to engage in extraordinary prayer. Whoa, you know, I'm too young for that. I'm too old for that. I, I have a medical condition. So do I. I get hypoglycemic and yet I can still fast. And it's not a pat on my back. It's saying this is God. When God's in it, you can do things that you normally wouldn't be able to do. I'm not saying just, you know, just go off and do whatever you want. Again, doing your own thing and asking God to bless, it's not gonna work out. Trust me, I've tried. But in that season of prayer and fasting, it's not about asking God to bless our strategies, our plans. Instead, it's about asking God to open our eyes to where he's already at work around us. The reality is that God is at work around you right now. In your life, there are opportunities that you aren't noticing, aren't seeing, simply because your mindset isn't looking for them. Many of us know the verse. Matthew, I gotta find my place here, so I messed it all up. Matthew 9, 38 says, therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Many of us know this verse. What God is calling us, is what God is calling for are workers. Many times when I, I we whether it's a missionary that comes here or we're talking about being called by God, what I hear a lot of is like, well, I'm just like, oh, I don't have enough schooling. I don't know, you know, I don't have what it takes to be called the full-time ministry. God's calling for workers, not Bible degrees, theological eloquence, public speaking gifts, leadership abilities. That's not any of the stuff he's calling for. He's calling for workers, people that'll show up, put the work in, 
and follow the leader, follow the master. He's just looking for people to partner in the work that he's already doing. I mean, what is that verse saying? It's saying the the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. What does that mean? All the work's done. All you're doing is going out and collecting all the hard work of the farmer, all the many hours and, and, and seasons and days of work. You're just going out and collecting it. That's all we're, we're called to do is go out and be that part, be that arm of God. Now, that might lead you through a Bible college, a seminary degree, or missionary training, or something else, <coughs> but those aren't prerequisites to being partners in what God is doing. If you read your New Testament, he makes it abundantly clear in your Old Testament, he's not calling the qualified. If you ever heard the saying, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And it's true. The Holy Spirit is the, is the denominator that changes everything. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is literally nothing that God can call you to that is beyond your capacity if you're leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit. Where we start is extraordinary prayer and fasting and asking God to reveal to us where he's already working so that we can partner with him where he already is. So what can we take away from prayer as kingdom partnership? Well, in theory, this is great. I see some of you shaking your heads yes and saying, yeah, I agree with this. Okay, so how do you do it? You know me, I'm not big on theory, I'm much more on practicality. Let's, let's make it practical. So I have an exercise for you to make this theory a reality. For those of you that went through the missionary pathway, you've done this, you've seen this, uh, and if you do, if you follow the link, it's on there, you'll see probably a better version than I made up of it. And so what I encourage you, whether you want to call it homework or a mission for this year, is just take a piece of paper Draw a little map like this, put yourself in the center, um, and what you're going to do is you're going to take that map, and you're be going to write in the different areas of your life. So uh, where you live, okay, that's one possible area where you have influence in your life. Uh, work, wherever you work. If you work at home, those two are probably going to coincide, um, but so that might be the same one for you. Uh, but some of us, many of us work outside the home, so there's a workplace where we have connections to people. Uh, whatever your hobby is, if you have a hobby, many of our hobbies uh, could, even if they don't now, they give us an opportunity to interact with other people. Uh, I like to kayak. That means I can invite anybody to go kayaking with me. I like to roast coffee. I like to do things like that. So uh, there's hobbies you can interact with different people uh, where either you go to school or maybe your kids go to school. That's another place where you have interaction with other people. And then just a question mark because I don't have all the answers. So I'm sure there's other things you can think of where you might have influence with other people. And what you do with this is you begin to pray and say, God, okay, where are you already at work? Where do I already have favor with people? Where am I building relationships that are naturally just happening and I'm, I'm beginning to, to talk with people that I don't normally talk with, that I have influence with people in one of these circles? The way I've seen it is it almost happens 
It happens a lot that in one specific area, you're going to notice, man, God is doing something here. Like for us last year, it was Killian's pre-K. Weirdly enough, like we started getting to know a lot of the parents in his pre-K class. And so we started hanging out with his pre-K buddies and we would invite them to like the trampoline park and do things with them and have conversations with them and invite them over our house and stuff. It just, it was very easy to see this is where God is at work. That was the one area that it was clear this is where God is doing something. And so what you do from there is you begin to write in the people's names that you have relationships with that God is giving you influence into their lives. And then you begin to pray, asking God, all right, Lord, I'm acknowledging this is an area where you are at work already. You're already doing something here. I'm probably not cognizant. I'm not paying attention to that when I'm at work or when I'm at school or uh, when I'm doing my hobby or, or I've been doing a hobby that I can be inviting tons of people to and I've not ever invited anybody else into that space. But I could be. So here are some names of somebody else. I know Doug Regal likes the kayak. Let me put his name there. And, and I, know, I know Fawn likes the kayak. Let me put her name in there. Now that would be if they didn't know Jesus more, more specifically. But you begin to write people's names in and then you begin to pray for those people and ask God to open opportunities with them, open conversations, and watch what will happen when you begin to go after these things and be intentional with it, and instead of saying like, Lord, I want to make new disciples in 2023 with no direction, with no idea of where that's going to take you, with, with nothing else, and just say, Lord, ah, make it happen somewhere, as opposed to opening our eyes, seeing where he's already at work, where we can join him and become his partner in what he's already doing, and that will be blessed because he's in it already. He's already got his hand on that thing. I don't know if this makes a whole lot of sense to you. This made a ton of sense to me when I first saw it. I was like, man, this is amazing because it is true. At any given time, we have multiple spheres of influence in our life where we interact with people that we're probably not intentionally investing into, having conversations with, and specifically praying for those five or, or however many it ends up being. But when we begin to every day say, Lord, give me opportunity as I go to, maybe it's work, as I go to work, Lord, these five people give me opportunities. Watch the amazing way that God will do that and give you incredible opportunities to have conversations that lead to him. This is a way, a simple way, to join God where he's already working. Instead of running off and trying to do our own thing and saying, all right, Lord, now bless this. He's saying, man, I'm, I'm already doing stuff over here and you're not even paying attention to it. Just open your eyes where you already, you, you probably aren't gonna get sent to some African country or some South American country to be a missionary. Why? Because he's already got a mission field for you. He's prepared it. He's worked it. He's cultivated it. He's doing work right now in their hearts and in their lives. And all we have to do is open our eyes and be like, wow, okay. So maybe I just start inviting my coworkers to a barbecue or uh, something else. This isn't like open your eyes to see who you can invite to church. All right. You've heard me say this before and I'll say it again because I don't know. Uh, I just think it's true. Stop inviting people to church. I know it doesn't sound right, but this isn't where they need to be. Where they need to be is in your home. 
or you guys need to go do something together, or you spend, need to spend time together. Over nine out of 10 people come to know Jesus through a relationship, not through some pastor standing up on a platform. I'm not gonna do it for them. But you live in life with them, that's way more important. And you are far more likely to give up on somebody because they say no to come into church time after time than if you were to just invite them to do something that you know they're gonna love to do. Or find out what they love to do. They love to bowl, go bowling with them. You don't always have to invite them into what you're doing. But join God where he's already at work. That's the point of this partnership conversation is to stop running off and thinking like, oh, I gotta go to some foreign country to be a missionary. If, if God has ever spoken that word missionary over you, you've heard that and maybe you've been living in fear of that for years or you're trying to avoid that, maybe this is what he meant. Maybe he didn't mean like some overseas different culture kind of thing. Maybe he was just encouraging you to be a, the missionary that you are called to be today where you are. Wouldn't you love to hear this verse spoken over our church family? Acts chapter two, verses 46 to 47. It says, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Wouldn't it be awesome if someone says, man, Dubois Alliance Church, they're eating in each other's homes. They're having people over. They're, they're advancing the kingdom in ways that just, it it's, doesn't even make sense because it doesn't build up the Sunday morning. This, this isn't, the, the point of it all isn't to build up a Sunday morning. The point of it is to advance the kingdom, not to advance Dubois Alliance Church's budget line. It's to advance his kingdom, to see people understand and know that there is a God that loves them, that desperately wants to be in relationship with them. This verse can and will be spoken over us if we decide to partner with God, his kingdom, and pray his will down to this earth. Now I'm gonna close with a, with a prayer and uh, I'm gonna speak something over us and then we're actually gonna have a little bit of a commissioning because as the way that God works things, we're gonna talk about partnership. We're gonna be... We get to send out partners of ours to another church to do some ministry, and I'm excited that we get to do that this morning, but after I pray, we're gonna, so don't like get up and run off. But I wanna, I wanna speak this verse over us this morning, so uh, let's pray. Ephesians chapter one, verse 17 and 19 says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength. Lord, I pray this over each and every person here this morning, that you would enlighten our minds, that we would see where you are at work around us. We would open our perception to be able to see the places you have already begun to cultivate and work for us, and that we would accept your call 
to be a worker in that harvest. And we would live missional lives that advance your kingdom. It's what we need here, God. It's what this town desperately needs our people living on mission, living in a way that doesn't just lead to a Sunday morning but leads to lifestyle change that leads to kingdom advancement. But we need you, Lord. Each and every one of us here, we have our own plans, we have our own agendas, we have our own strategies and ideas of what this should look like. But Jesus, we need you. Would you lead us, guide us in this? Would the people that come to our mind as we do this exercise, would they be clearly the people that you are working on whose hearts you've already begun to speak to? And would you give us the awesome opportunity of leading them toward you. I pray blessings in this area of our lives this year, Lord, that you would do amazing works in your kingdom through the people here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so in light of kingdom partnership, we get to pray over uh, Kyle and Megan Beatty, did I say it right? I never know. So uh, if you don't know, Megan has been a part of this church longer than I have. Uh, Yeah, and uh, they have an awesome opportunity to work down at Punxsutawney Alliance Church. Is that the name of the church? Okay, I didn't know if that was the name. Uh, With old Jonesy down there, if you know Jonesy. And uh, I'm excited you guys, you've accepted the, is it? Worship and youth, okay? Um, and so I got the awesome opportunity of marrying these two back in September, and we spent a long, many weeks in preparation, doing marriage counseling, things like that. And so I got to know them as a couple really well, but I also, you know, I've known Megan for a while. You helped me paint the house, and I know you and your, your dad were there very early on and got to know you, and, and I, I know that God has big things for you guys. I know his hand is on both of you. And so it's exciting for me as we're talking about kingdom partnership to say like, oh great, we get to commission you guys today and pray over you and send you out. And honestly, this is something that while it's hard and it's difficult, because I know nobody's saying like, yay, Megan's leaving. Everybody's, uh, I know most people are, are probably feeling a little bit like you are right now and emotional and, uh, but get used to this because this is what God's calling us to do. He's not calling us to gather. He's calling us to scatter. He's calling us to bring people in, empower them, and send them out. And so this is the first of many, I hope. And this church has a history of that. If you don't know this church's history, man, the, mission, the places that we've sent people to across the world, the, the international workers that we currently have personal history with is incredible. But man, my, my hope, my prayer is that we blow that out of the water. And this just becomes a regular thing that monthly we just have a commissioning Sunday and we send in people to all different places of the world as God brings people in and gives us the opportunity. Uh, I've had the privilege of working with Megan, getting to know Megan. Uh, and it's kind of exciting. You guys aren't going too far. We can always just join up at Taco Inc. or something. But, uh, uh, but my, my prayer for us is to be a church that does that, that doesn't just gather really talented, really awesome, really passionate people, but we bring them in We use what we have to equip them, to empower them, to train them, and then we send them out. 
because we're not that big of a town and we've got more than enough work cut out for us already but to send people to other places and say go minister serve be passionate like that's an awesome privilege to be what an awesome privilege it is to be a church that can do that and has that but it's going to be painful some of the people you look around this room we're going to be commissioning them someday somewhere to something sometimes it'll be even in this town but other times it won't be so uh any of you that would want to come up, just like we do with missionaries, we're going to pray over these guys, and we're going to send them out the right way through prayer. Uh, and so if you want to come up now, uh, you can come on up and lay hands on them, and we're going to pray over them and send them out because as sad as it might be, this is the last Sunday we'll see Megan here on a Sunday morning in a, a long, long time, maybe. So if a couple people, however you feel led, I'll close this out when we get to where I feel like it's time to wrap it up. But I want, what I want is to is not just pray safety. Don't pray safety. Don't pray comfortability over these two. Pray that God would stretch them, would grow them, would challenge them, would use them, that their ministry would go so much further than what their capabilities or abilities are. Pray that God would transform these two and communities not just Punxsutawney but wherever he sends them throughout this world I know God has big plans for these two and so let's pray that Father God we just want to thank you we want to praise you for this moment Lord that you're showing us your ability to multiply Yes, Father God be exalted here Lord right here right now that this will be a stepping stone for Megan and Kyle wherever it is that you launch them and what you're going to do. Lord, I pray over them that they would trust you in the most difficult times that you are always by their side. Father God, I just pray that you would just draw them close to you, Lord, so close that they know that without a doubt that you are leading guiding and directing their footsteps yes, Jesus. and Lord we are so grateful may there be more Kyle and Megan's being sent forth yes, God. Father God we want to celebrate this day that they're able to go out and use their gifts their talents and their desires to, to just be in your presence and we thank you for this moment in Jesus name Heavenly Father, what a pleasure it is to come to you in the need of prayer, in praise, and in fellowship, Father. In the name of Jesus, through the intervention of the Holy Spirit, I pray over this couple that they are able to go out and share the gospel in the way you see fit. I pray that you have the Holy Spirit with them, guiding them, teaching them, talking to them. And I pray that a response and full acceptance and delivery of your word. We actually right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will... Fill the room or whatever room they're in teaching, whatever room they're in singing and praising your name, Lord, for we live in a world that has lost its way. So anybody that sends out from here, Father, needs the strength, the discernment, the obedience, and the submission to trust you at all times, especially when people are out there are not doing what they need to do in these times, Father. We pray for them to be a lighthouse, to shine the light on those folks who are sailing in those troubled waters looking for land, looking for salvation, and are looking for peace, Father. 
We pray for the strength of this church, Lord, as this continuously happens, that we maintain our position as we go about doing your will in your way. Amen. Thank you, Father, that faith is taking the gospel in. And we'd love to have him just stay right here and be with us in fellowship. But God, works is taking the gospel out. And Father, we're sending them on. We ask that you continue to cultivate the soil of their hearts, that they have a longing desire to serve you. As a pastor said, not invite you into what they've got going on, but Father, we're thankful that they're getting into what you've got going on. And Father, we ask that you honor, just honor that. Prepare the hearts of the people in which they're going to go minister to, that they would be well accepted, God, and great things would be done, and we'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. You just ask you right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, let them see with your eyes, mm. let them feel with your heart, and let them show love like you've shown us to others who've never seen you before and who has never heard a word before. Through them, that they will see you before them that they may come to the saving grace of your love in your kingdom to add to your kingdom, Lord. Sometimes we forget we're just flesh and blood. There's nothing that we can do without your spiritual power. And a lot of times the devil will tell you that is your power that saves. And it's not. It's Jesus within you. Never lose that, Lord. Help them to never lose what it is that they know that they have declared that they believe and that it not be twisted by what others say that they believe, Lord. No matter where they go, no matter how dark 
it may be, and that it may seem that they know you're right there with them and everything will be okay as long as they trust you 100% and just step out on their faith to know that if you're with them, nothing, no one can be against them. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord God, right now I just, I pray right now for Kyle, Lord. He's going to be the man of the household now. You've brought him this this wonderful position as a man, just something so fulfilling, Lord. Lord, I pray for encouragement for him, Lord, that you would give him wisdom beyond his days, that you would give him strength to govern his household, to encourage and love his wife as you love the church, Lord God. I pray that you would just strengthen him in his faith, bring them both closer to you, and in turn will bring them closer to each other, Lord God. Kyle, oh, we pray for you so much, Kyle. Lord, Lord just encourage him. Let, let your light be a, just shown in his path, Lord. He's going to have influence over so many people. There's going to be so many people intrigued and drawn to him. He's going to have such a, a, just a difference about him, a charisma, a, a charm, Lord, that is just a smile that he brings to the table, Lord. You're going to use that to bring people to him that he can minister to, Lord. Lord, let your work be done. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for this couple who has agreed to follow you in service, not just through a position at Punxsutawney Alliance Church, but through their lives, God. And Lord, as I've prayed for them, Lord, I've heard three specific words for them that I want to speak over them, and that is joy, passion, and fun. Lord, I pray that they would teach those around them what it means to be joyful in the Lord, to not be ashamed to be able to just shout your name and sing a song because of joy and passion, Lord, not just the passion they have for each other but their passion for you, that it would be evident and clear for those around them and fun, God. I pray those that watch their lives would see what fun it is to serve you, to follow you, to be in relationship with you. God, I pray as they minister to the Punxsutawney area, God, that you would stretch them. Lord, I know what I'm praying. I'm praying that sometimes things are gonna be very difficult for them, but that it would push them to their knees and into your presence, God, as individuals and as a couple, God. I pray that they would seek to be a part of what you're doing, God, that both of them 
would make it their life's goal to join you in what you are doing. God, I pray that when you need to, you will break them and you will continue to transform them into your image more and more every day. God, I thank you for the many, many years of investment from this church into Megan, the many prayers that have been spoken on her behalf, the time that has been spent, the counsel she has been given, the love that has been poured out. Lord, we pray that you would take that and you would multiply it through Megan's life. And for Kyle, who is relatively new to our family here, God, I thank you for his skill, for his wisdom, and for his authenticity and wanting to live a life that is authentically and genuinely holy. And Lord, I pray that in the years to come, we will hear reports of how you have worked. I, I, I look forward to having them join us for different times and they can speak to the ways that you are working in their lives and their ministry and their family, God. It is certainly sad to say goodbye. But Lord, I thank you that you have allowed us to be a commissioning church to not just be a church that gathers the talented, the lovely, the beautiful, the gifted, but that you have given us Megan and you have given us Kyle for the season that you did, that we got the opportunity to speak into them, that they are now prepared to go into the ministry. And Lord, I pray they, if they take nothing else, then they would take a Holy Spirit dependency with them knowing that it wasn't the people here, but it was Christ in them that spoke such powerful things into their lives. Lord, I pray as they go that you would do immeasurably more than what they have already asked for and what they're already dreaming. Would you just do what you do, which is that you would show up and show off in their lives. I look forward to talking with them and meeting with them and just hearing how you've showed off, God. Bless them, their ministry, their lives. Thank you for what you're gonna do because we look forward with expectancy to what you're going to accomplish. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 We love you guys very much and we are privileged truly to commission you both to ministry. Looking forward to it. Amen. God bless and have a great week, everybody.